Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hey, Sham. Welcome. Finally, we are chapter two of the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali. Yes, it's been a few months, but yeah, now we're on to the Kriya Yoga. Yeah. So, should we make just a brief recap of what we what we said in chapter one. Sure, the chapter one is called the Samadhi Pada. So it's about the different levels of Samadhi, of the kind of final goal of yoga, of absorption. There we had some section, and the first section from one to four, Sutra one to four, was explaining what is yoga and why we should be engaged and follow these yoga principles. Then from Sutra 5 to 11, it was explaining the five compulsive states called citta vritti. Yeah, those are the, the states that are gone when you have achieved the, the goal of yoga, because that, that's the definition, citta vritta nirodha. Mm. It's like, the I believe, the first sutra of the yoga sutras. Mm. Maybe the second one, actually. Yes, the first one just says, now we're going to talk about yoga. Mm. And the second one says, yoga is this citta vritti nirodha. Mm. Yeah. So then we spoke uh, uh, from Sutra 12 to 16 about the various means of pacifying and controlling the citta vritti. Then we went ahead uh, from 17 to 22, where we spoke about the different states of meditation, and uh, we said that there are different kind of samadhis, those state of meditation. So we introduced the samadhi, and uh, and the different depths of meditative experience. Then we went ahead explaining, um, defining the word Ishvara. What is the nature, and how do we approach it? Yeah, that was given as as a as an alternative to attaining samadhi, because mm. it was said it can like samadhi can be attained by self control and this and that, but then it said or by Ishvara Pranidhana, so by meditating on Ishvara, who is kind of the primordial yogi, you could say. So you meditate on him and. Uh, by that, you you yourself attain samadhi. Mm. And then uh, we went ahead from 30 to 39 sutras, and uh, we saw the different ways of calming down the mind, because during the meditation, our mind can, can trigger us, and uh, we can lose the focus of the meditation. Then they explained more deeper states of samadhi uh, from the 40 to the 50 and then the the 51st sutra uh, which is connected now with what we are going to read in chapter 2 explained the nirbija samadhi so we spoke about the meaning of bija the seed and um, how these seeds can affect and agitate our mind during this meditation. Yes, that um, that bijas could, could go either way, 
they could distract you. But if you are uh, a well-practiced practitioner and at a very high level, then these seeds can be uh, they they become the seed of samadhi, like sabija samadhi. So like anything you that comes to your mind just becomes uh, a seed of samadhi if you see it the right way, instead of a seed of distraction. Uh, but then finally, in nirbija samadhi. Uh, you don't need anything to, to trigger you into samadhi. You're just in constant samadhi. Mm. And it was saying also that this is spiritual, meaning like everything that was before, okay, of course you can consider it spiritual because it brings you there, but you reach spirituality when you reach that state. Yes, like uh, spirituality proper, we mm. can say. Okay, so... Now we are in chapter 2, which speaks about the practice of yoga. Yes, and uh, some commentators have said that the first chapter is kind of for those who are kind of ready for samadhi. Mm. <laughs> and well, the, the, the second chapter goes down a little bit, little bit more down to earth, like for someone who is interested in that but may have a long way to go, then there is more like kind of practical day-to-day things one can do. So here are like the three things. Uh, this Kriya Yoga is, consists of three things that will be mentioned here in the first sutras of the second chapter. Mm. Okay. Do you want to read the sutras and say something about it? Yes. So the first sutra reads Tapaha Svadhyayeshvara Pranidhanani Kriya Yogaha Kriya Yoga the path of action consists of self-discipline, study, and dedication to the Lord. Yeah, and I think this kind of gives the method of how to reach this uh, Nirbija Samadhi that we just spoke about in chapter 1, isn't it? Yes, so like, like, like here we are going in the same direction, but starting from an, at an earlier point. Mm. So it's kind of, yeah, just kind of backing up a little bit. Mm. Yeah, because before we spoke a little bit more, um, quote-unquote, in theory, and now we are speaking like in practice, what we're going to do to reach everything we just talk about. Exactly. Mm. And uh, here I noted that the commentators have pointed out about this Ishvara Pranidhana that was also mentioned in the first chapter. But here it's mentioned again. Mm. But as we said, we here we have backed up. So here it's talked about in a different sense. Uh, so in the first chapter, Ishvara Pranidhana, there it was all about uh, meditating on the name of Ishvara, which was the syllable Om, mm. and contemplating the meaning of this, of, of like who Ishvara is. Uh, but here it's... Uh, it's Kriya Yoga, so it's action-oriented. And also in the first chapter, it was something like an alternative. It says, or you can do Ishvara Pranidhana. But mm. here it's it's a part, like it's a kind of sort of mandatory part, if you want to call it Kriya Yoga, then this Ishvara Pranidhana is it's actually a part of it, mm. not just like an alternative. So uh, So this means that for Patanjali, this to, to kind of uh, approach 
Ishvara in your practice is was an important part, meaning turning to our source, to, to God or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah, and also like the meaning of Kriya Yoga means what we just said, like yoga of internal action, which means that in order to do this kind of yoga, you don't need anything external, you don't need a mat, uh, fancy clothes, or anything, a bowl or elastic pants. Like, you just need yourself and you work internally, but you act, you do something. Yeah, like, it's an it's an interesting concept, like, internal work. Like, I can, yeah. because, like, the previous chapter was about these internal states, and here we're talking about internal work, but it, it means action in the world but of course not just acting as anyone would act but acting with these things in mind so that that mm. is what makes it's like an internal action but you also also activate the body samadhi bhavanartha klesha tanukkaranarthascha the yoga of action is for bringing about samadhi and for weakening the afflictions to yoga meaning relieving those things that are disturbing our yoga practice uh, then we then Patanjali moves on to describe what are these afflictions to yoga, these things that are disturbing our yoga practice. Yeah, and here it starts another section, like from Sutras three, chapter two, three to eleven. We have the section that speaks about the obstacles to samadhi. So they are as follows. Avidya smita raga dvesha bhinivesha pancha kleshaha. The impediments to samadhi are nescience, ego, desire, aversion, and clinging to life. Can you explain a little bit the meaning of clinging? Yeah, so here it, it's going to be talked about a little bit later here in the section, um, but in short, it's kind of holding on to something that is not worth holding on to that you, you will not be able to keep anyway well we can't keep anything in life because <laughs> we are going to die so yeah maybe i guess the only thing that comes with us once we die it's consciousness so everything that doesn't help us grow in consciousness that doesn't make sense yeah there is this nice saying that the only thing uh, you can only keep what you give so mm. it's a kind of a, a paradox but it means uh, it, it's the giving it's like the the evolution of your consciousness that happens when you when you when you give when you're when you're not trying to kind of keep and grab and hold on to but you kind of keep this flow of giving so mm. that will stay with you that kind of flow that's that that will like develop and, and stay with you. Yeah, that's very beautiful to think like that. Like I receive it, then I just want to give it to the world. Yeah. So then we uh, go into each of these uh, five, and here comes the um, the kind of most important one in a sense because it's the one that's always there, and it's kind of um, uh, it says here it's the breeding ground for the other ones. Uh, so the sutra reads, 
అవిద్యాక్షేత్రం ఉత్తరేషాం ప్రసుప్తను విచ్చినోదారణం ignorance is the breeding ground of the other kleshas kleshas meaning here the uh, obstacles or whether they are in a dormant weak intermittent or a fully activated state so here ignorance nescience is uh, separated out from the other ones and this is the most important one um and this one is always active so it's not like the others here that are Uh, that can be in a, in a dormant state in a weak state in an intermittent state or fully activated uh, i mean the yeah the, uh, the last one is is true for ignorance it's always in an, in a fully activated state i mean until it's gone <laughs> yeah because we don't have to think of ignorance as a offensive or bad thing like we are technically ignorant in not knowing something so i'm ignorant in not knowing i don't know swedish language or finnish language or whatever i don't know which is a lot out there doesn't mean i'm a lower person than someone else i simply never studied that in that specific field so i think it's important because often ignorance is is used to offend people oh this is in this is he's just in your blah blah but um in this case it's not offensive it's just like what you don't know yeah you don't know what you don't know yeah exactly yeah. and it's and it, it can cause it can cause troubles to things that you want to pursue and in this case samadhi yeah so your ignorance can be be in the way of that and it's causing other obstacles to happen this i think shows very much how important it is to be humble and kind of be aware that like we are not arrived and uh, there is always something to learn and i mean i'm very well aware that i didn't reach any kind of super higher state of level of mind so it's important to keep that in mind and stay humble and just keep learning yeah so now ignorance is going to be defined further and then the other obstacles are going to be described so sutra 5 reads anitya shuchi dukkanatmasu nitya shuchi sukhatma khyatir avidya ignorance is the notion that the self which is joyful pure and eternal to be the non-self which is painful unclean and temporary so basically meaning that the the kind of inner self is the same as the body mm. so the inner self is joyful pure and eternal whereas the body is painful unclean and temporary so some examples are, are like given like our body may seem clean right after we cleaned it but it's you know it's very quickly gets you know uh, <laughs> we dirty. dirty we we sweat we uh, <laughs> this and that the the soul however is always pure yeah right and then the next obstacle a very close one it's almost hard to to make a difference but there is some subtle distinction uh sutra number 6 drig darshana shaktior ekatmate vasmita ego 
is to consider the nature of the seer and the nature of the instrumental power of seeing to be the same thing. So this is connected with, I mean, this can be illustrated by, uh, there is a group of verses from the Upanishads that say that it is not because we have eyes that we can see. Actually, like the soul can see by itself and our eyes are only a filter. So actually eyes, our eyes get in the way of our seeing. So that's a kind of um, uh, interesting thing if you meditate or contemplate on that. Mm. So same, you can go through the same thing with the other senses. It is not because we have a nose that we can smell, but yeah, and so on. So like, first of all, we consider our inner self to be the same as the body. And then consequently, we also think that all the kind of powers of the of the inner self are defined by the body. Then Sutra number seven, Sukhanu Shai Ragaha. Attachment stems from experiences of happiness. So so this um, Mons Bru explained by, by saying it like it's there's like nothing wrong in, in enjoying things, but the, the issue is that we are that experiences of happiness uh, makes us want to experience that again, and we cannot we cannot ever really have the same the same experience twice. So we are not really open to life. We are kind of searching for something we have had in the past, but it's so we so we can't like really get it. Yeah, this just reminds me of something I was thinking recently that um, we have this instinct like human instincts, like animal instinct, like a mother, for example, who has so much love and affection for their kids and she could just die for them to protect them, like she would give her own body to protect them. And, uh, of course, dads also, I'm just speaking about mothers uh, because I think at the very beginning the relationship is a little bit more tight because they have the kids in their womb and um, and then the kids grows and they have a natural hormonal rejection towards the parents because by nature they are supposed to go out there in life and grow and experience and put in practice what they learn from their parents and this happen, happens in nature. You don't see like generation of generations of family members of the same species going around together. Of course, there are herds or flocks, but uh, but it's a little bit different than you serve the community. You don't suck the breast of your mom when you are 12 even though before it was okay to do it and it was nourishing and it was super beautiful, but at one point you stop and because you grow and there is this detachment, but often parents, they try to keep their kids, to have them. They want them, like they don't understand and then there is confusion, there is fight, especially when they are teenagers because kids... Just by nature, they have this hormonal rejection towards the parents. They hate the world, they hate the parents, they hate everyone. But the parents are trying to get back their kids from 
from their childhood, you know. So this is a kind of like a big example because for me it's easy to say that because I don't have kids. I don't have teenage kids and I don't have small kids. But when you are there, I think it's it's just like so hard to to detach. It's just something like I don't want. Like they are my kids. I want them to be my kids. So it's kind of like I can understand how hard is this step, even though it seems like, oh yeah, like just detach from things that uh, not serves the purpose, your purpose. Thank you for sharing this yeah. burst of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the flip side, Sutra 8, Dukanu Shaid Veshaha. Aversion stems from experiences of pain. So this is kind of like what drives us in life. We are we are looking for what we had before and we are trying to avoid things we had before that we didn't like. Yeah, and, and then we live in fear. And, and also actually our body reacts in that way. Our body, like out, our mind, automatically is a protective way. If it sees a danger outside... It's gonna, it's gonna give signals to your body. You're gonna move and react in a way to protect yourself in certain situations. And unfortunately, I guess everyone experiences at least one trauma in their lives. So then we start living around that, and then we have fear. And fear is the opposite of love, of openness. So also this step, I think it's very hard in certain situation so it's very important to keep that in mind and try to be introspective and uh, and talk about emotions and feelings with other people yes certainly community is everything yeah sutra number 9 svarasa vahi vidusho pi tatarudho bhinivesha the tendency of clinging to life affects even the wise. It is an inherent tendency. So this is talk, this is what we were discussing briefly before about uh, yeah. yeah clinging. So when it says here that like clinging to life is uh, is like an obstacle to yoga, like it doesn't mean that we should be suicidal. <laughs> it just means that when when it's time to go, it's time to go. It's just like you said with the parents letting go of the children. It's, it's similar to like letting go of life when we're at the end of life. Like just accepting that that's just the way of, it's just the way of nature. It, it's, yeah. uh, but we are somehow wanting to hold on and, and then we are kind of missing out on having a beautiful transition in, into the next life mm. uh, by kind of holding on to the, yeah, things we can't keep anyway. Yeah. Imagine being able to, at, at the moment, moment of death, to, to not have any regrets. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I just thought now about uh, a friend of us, Dural Chandra Pabu, when he he learned that he had some heart conditions and other kind of sickness. He he just made peace with it, and he settled he settled the life ahead for his wife, so she could uh, she could live 
nicely when he was gone and that's it and then he just passed away very very fast and he decided that and now it comes to my mind also uh, Mans Bro's dad he also got to know he had uh, he doesn't have a lot to live anymore and he was a very public person he was in many associations and he just set up everything for his living and then he left like very naturally and beautifully i would say dignified yeah yeah and I, i'm not saying like people who tries to hold on um are bad people i'm not saying that uh, absolutely i i i can understand how hard it is and especially when you have affection for other people who will be still alive when you when i leave it it's i'm sure it's hard yes sutra 10 te prati prasava heyaha sukshmaha the kleshas meaning the obstacles are subtle and they are destroyed when the mind dissolves back into its original matrix and here there was some beautiful thing i read in the commentaries um it is like when the mind has served its purpose then it will just this is again like letting go this is like when you have used the mind for its actual purpose which is attaining samadhi then it is like once the wood has burnt you can't burn it anymore once the mm. once once you have ground the spices there is no need anymore for the for the mortar it's like the the job is done sort of mm. then the mind kind of goes back to its it, it's kind of like the same way that a body goes back to the earth after death once the the mind has fulfilled its purpose it goes back to the kind of totality of mind stuff <laughs> mm. instead of accompanying the soul then sutra 11 uh, reads dihana heyas tad vrittaya the states of mind produced by the kleshas are eliminated by meditation and then finally uh, number for today number 12 klesha mula karmashayo trishta drishta janma vedaniya the stock of karma has the kleshas as its root it is experienced in present or future lives so basically our whole life like our karma means our whole kind of situation in life and our trajectory like where we are heading unless we change direction <laughs> let's say like our our current destiny has these kleshas as as the root meaning this these things we just talked about like desire aversion mm-hmm. clinging ego yeah. ignorance yeah very interesting and beautiful i really liked enjoyed to to study this the beginning of the second chapter of the book actually but um yeah next section actually is going to be a very small section until uh sutra 15 it's only three sutras and then from 16 to 28 i think so probably next episode is going to be a little longer <laughs> than usual or maybe we we will see maybe we're going to 
split it up. Yeah, we can see how to make. Maybe we will yeah. go into depth, not on every single point, mm. but like select some things to highlight. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks a lot, and see you next time. See you. Bye. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any question, please get in touch at aikoota.com.